Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to my beautiful, beautiful listeners out there. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Teresa E. Keys, your host for Here is Teresa, broadcasting on the great TalkZone.com internet radio. And as usual, I am so happy to be talking with you today. And I, I am equally happy that you tuned into my show. And, um, I know that you all out there have gotten the TalkZone.com um, um, app so that you can you can listen to it. Uh, this is coming up on the holiday seasons. You're going to be busy, and as you're busy, maybe you're wrapping presents and things like that, listening to your music, and just maybe you want to hear, you know, some of my um, uh, broadcasts, you know, and uh, that that would be that would be great with me. Um, Okay, here's the next question. How in the heck are you all out there? And how is your holiday shopping going? Well, I was just talking with um, my fabulous engineer, Dave. Shout out to Dave. And um, and I can tell you all that I'm doing better than last year as I am quite far ahead. I'm very proud of myself, and I'm sure that a lot of you out there are probably uh, done uh, shopping, you know, uh, now, my question for all of you out there is, do you enjoy shopping online or do you like going out like me and being among the public or do you do a combo? Well, you know, like some things you have to get online because the store claims, oh, we're out of stock. So, you you know, you're going to have to order that online or we don't carry that color in the store. You know, and I'll just be upfront with you listeners and just tell you that I do not like the card swiping of it all. You know, it's just ah, too much. Uh, in my opinion, with all of the information just being constantly out there for the cray-cray and deceitful to just snatch it up. Now, I know that hackers and other unsavory people can acquire identity other ways, unfortunately, but I just rather do it the old-fashioned way, although I do very, very little, and I do mean very, very little online. (laughs) Plus, you know, when I don't mind... Because, you know, one thing I like to touch and feel and see the and examine what I'm buying and spending my money on. And then, you know, if I don't like it at that particular point, then I just don't buy it. You know, I just move on, you know, but online, you know, you can receive it. And then, you you know, if you don't like it, you got to send it back and deal with them putting the money back on your card. And now I do understand that some people no longer drive, you know, or they may have a medical condition that does not allow them to be out among the crowd. Then online shopping, you know, and delivery at your door, you know, will be best for you. Or, you know, some people just plain prefer what they prefer, you know, which let me tell you, being out among the public can be cray cray at times, too. <laughs> you know, so I'm not, you know, at all expelling, you know, online shopping. I just, you know, I just prefer to kind of be out among the public. Okay. The weather here is cooler. Thank you, God, with the projected high of 74 today. And the rest of the week is supposed to be in the 60s. Now, um, you know, I have reported this before that, oh, we're, we're going to be in the 60s with the low of 40. 
you know, like the next day, it never happens, listeners. It's just in the 70s. So, you know, hopefully, you know, what they should do is just let the weather be the weather and let the people figure it out, you know, by themselves. Okay. Today, um, you know, we're going to talk about, um, you know, James Brown. You know, he sang a song called It's a Man's 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 World. And uh, however, from my point of view, it's nothing without the many positive contributions and aspects that women, particularly today's women, bring to the table on a daily basis. And uh, which James Brown does make reference to that in his song. And my guest for today is Terry Griffiths. She is a dy- dynamite educated, smart, and she is a nice person. She is my friend. She's a friend to the show. She is fabulous. She is an attorney and an activist. And um, she's going to be joining us momentarily to talk um, about, um, you know, to, to have a great conversation. So you guys stay tuned. This is it's always going to be good as, as usual. You know, I want to uh, point out something to my listeners um, that is James Brown Speaking of his song, it's a man's 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 world. It's a beautiful song. Can you believe that he recorded this back in 1966? That's like 51 years ago. Like, yikes. You know, that went by. And anyway, according to songfacts.com, it states in part the following. The song was recorded as if it was a sermon. It lifts man's life. It lists, I'm sorry, man's life enhancing inventions. But the singer admits he would be nothing without a woman. Brown developed the impassioned ballad from some song lyrics by a woman, Betty Newsom. Her words were derived from the Bible and her observations of some of her ex-boyfriends, including the godfather of soul himself, James Brown. Now, this song was originally called It's a Man's World, but James Brown added the extra words to the title as a reference to the 1963 hit comedy, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Now, the song was recorded on February 16, 1966 at Bob Gallo's Talent Master Studios in New York, and it was on the U.S. R&B chart for two weeks. You know, don't you just love education? I just I just love it. So I just thought that I would share that with you guys. Okay, and something else is we're talking about, um, you know, uh, a song, uh, you know, that that seems that still is one of my favorite. Have you guys out there heard Jennifer Hudson, her new song? You know, she's one of my all time favorite singers and um, she has a new song out and it's called Burden Down. And it is so powerful and it and it can only be coming from Jennifer Hudson. You know, with that powerful voice and the drama she adds to it. You know, she's a good actress and all. Now, PeopleMusic.com says in part that the lyrics could be referenced to the end of her 10-year relationship with her fiancé, David Otongo, whom they share an eight-year-old son. He's cute as he can be. His name is David Jr. Anyway, she is releasing a new album in 2018, and I will surely be looking out for it, as I know that many of you out there will be doing the same. But for all of you out there who are Jennifer Hudson fans, if you haven't, um, heard her song and or seen the video, seen the vid- video for Burden Down. I invite you to go and uh, go online and check it out. It is fantastic. Okay. I want to tell you all about something. Actually, my husband sent this to me yesterday and it is from Credo, C-R-E-D-O action. Are you all out there hip to that? Well, the notification states in part the following. Donald Trump's Department of Labor is trying to steal tips from restaurant servers and give them to owners instead. 
Restaurant workers are more likely to be women and people of color, more likely to be sexually harassed on the job, and are already one of the worst paid professions. This would make matters worse. Under the new rule, restaurant owners would keep tips intended for servers and dole them out or pocket them as they please. Now, Trump uh, regime is trying to rush through a change to 40 years of president uh, a president during the holiday season. Now, this this art of I'm sorry, this organization is saying we can't let that happen. So we're teaming up with our friends at Restaurant Opportunity Centers United to generate as many public comments as possible before the urgent deadline. So now to give you guys, you know, some historical um, uh, facts. In 2012, the Obama administration reiterated 40 years of president president and said employees own their own tips. If Trump gets his way, that rule will be reversed. Powerful restaurant owners could pocket tips or dole them out at their pleasure not the customers making workers even more at risk of sexual harassment and abuse and perpetuating racial exploitations. Now, if any of you out there are interested, go to the website Credo, C-R-E-D-O Action, and, you know, read, you know, uh, about it in its entirety and join up with them and, you know, give them support uh, if this is something that is of your interest. Okay, I'm going to bring on my my guest because I would like to hear her take on what I just talked about, Credo. Her name is Terry Griffith. She is a friend to the show. She is my friend. She's a fantastic woman. I'm not just saying that. She is fantastic. Uh, she's very smart. She's an activist. She is an attorney, and I, I just love her for life. Good morning, Terry. Good morning. I think I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you embarrassed? Oh, I'm just you have you. It was a wonderful opening. <laughs> well, you listen to so about. I do so strongly about the restaurant kids. I I used to be a waitress. Wow. So I worked when I was a waitress. I worked for a dollar an hour, and I worked very very hard. It's backbreaking work, and you're right. You're subjected to. You know, a lot of sexual harassment, both from the kitchen and the people at the table sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. But to have to, the, the customer, and then I'm also a customer, the customer tips for the good service that that particular person provided to them. How I see mm-hmm. this is the restaurant owners do not want to compensate their staff. Yeah. They're trying mm-hmm. to take the tips and then they don't pay the other staff as much. So really it's going into their pocket no matter how you cut it. Yeah. You know, because um, I don't, yeah, I, it's it's wrong. It's terrible. I mean, they don't pay them enough, as you said before, and you were a waitress as I was coming along. I never, um, I, I've had lots of jobs, but I never was, um, um, uh, you know, a waitress or anything. Um, but, but um, I, 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 I just think that, you know, why are companies always wanting to try to cut down people instead of helping them, you know, uh, come up? And I don't, I, what I was going to say, Terry, is that, um, 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 you know, I, I don't like it when you go into a restaurant and, um, um, you know, they, they say, oh, this is a shared, you know, like you have the shared tip jar. I don't like the share tip jar thing. Do you? No, I don't. 
know because I mean, too. they do the same thing in hotels. I want to leave a tip to the person who's been cleaning my room, and I'll see the the hotel uh, housekeeping staff manager goes around and collects the tips, and I I suppose split them between all the uh, split them between all the the housekeepers. But generally, I just go find the person who's been cleaning my room and give it to her personally. But I won't leave a tip in a, mm-hmm. a hotel room just for I don't want it split between everyone. That's not the point of a tip. You're tipping someone is, for extraordinary service. Exactly, and that's what um, that's what we do. You know, my husband said, "Well, what are you waiting for?" I said, "I'm waiting." You know, he says, "Are you ready to go?" So I says, "Yes, I'm ready to go, but I'm going to wait until the waiter comes back because I want to give it directly to him or her in their hand." You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I just, I just, God, I just, and I do the same thing with the hotel. I, you know, when we're in the hotel, I wait, I see our, our, you know, our, our individual that has cleaned our rooms because I know they're working hard and I give them the tip directly in their hand. I mean, come on. They're already making millions, Terry. You know, it's like, it's, no, it's, it's called, just so much it's wrong. It's almost socialistic. I mean, these, these restaurant owners should be paying their kitchen workers. Uh, a prevailing wage. They should be paying their anybody else who doesn't receive tips. It's their responsibility to pay them a adequate wage, not the patron's responsibility to pay for the meal and then their tip is used to pay the wages of the rest of the staff. That's that it's socialism. Doesn't make it, sense. That's yeah, I totally agree. Um, like, like they were saying, you know, um, I, I want to move on, but I just want to interject this this one th- uh, thought that there is a report about Walmart and Walmart is offering to give their their um, employees their their uh, paycheck early. I'm like, OK, you're giving them their paycheck early, not a bonus, you know. <laughs> You know, so, I mean, you know, they're saying that the reason they're doing that is because, you know, that they don't make enough uh, as it is. They make nine dollars an hour. You know, and I I had reported on my show some shows ago and I'm not uh, recalling exactly what um, um, I said about who, you know, was making what, who was paying what. But I will tell you that I feel that no job, you know, know, at, at Walmart, say, for example, I mean, Give these people a living wage. You know, twenty dollars an hour. What is nine dollars an hour? This is not nineteen, you know, forty or fifty. You know, where you know where I have reported Terry that bread, you know, is is fifty cents or something. <laughs> you know, well, you can you can you can pay eight dollars for bread now. I mean, come on. Walmart is a sore spot for me for many many years. Um, Walmart when they go into a locale, they generally ask for the land for free and all kinds of tax benefits before they will build. Once they build a Walmart store, the main street in that particular locale goes down the tubes, which also makes the property values decline. Um, Walmart, Hmm. for the most part, pays people minimum wage and part-time jobs, so they don't get benefits. If they're part-time, there's no benefits. So the taxpayers are absorbing probably at $9 an hour in a part-time job, it's the taxpayers paying for their Medicare medical care mm-hmm. through Medicaid. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, of course, Walmart has imported so much, so many goods from China that we, between Walmart and NASA, we have no manufacturing in the United States anymore. So truly, if, and I, in my opinion, if America just boycotted Walmart for a month, we might start seeing manufacturing return. I mean, 
we have to decide what's important to us as a country. But Walmart's one of my sore spots. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Walmart. I'll. I'll just. And I'm going to. I. I am going to agree with you this on this, Terry, because I'm not a Walmart fan. You know. Um. I know a lot of people who are, but I'm like, you know, God bless you. That, that's what you want to do. Go to Walmart. But Walmart has always bothered me. And one of the reasons that they bothered me is, is echoing what you're saying. I don't like how they treat their, their, um, you know, their, their staff. I, 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 I don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. So, okay, Terry, let's move on. Okay. Okay. Um, I want to, I want to read, um, this, this to you. You and I had, um, you know, you've been on my program, uh, for a while and you and I have kind of talked about this, but I came across this article by, uh, from, um, Axios, A-X-I-O-S. And it's titled, it's a, it's a very brief article. It's titled Foster Children Overburdened with, um, Foster, I'm sorry, Foster System Overburdened with Children of the Opioid Crisis. Now, this this opioid crisis has become like very interesting to me because, you know, the pharmaceutical company, you know, I am not a friend of the the pharmaceutical company. I just think they 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 suck how they how they do people and how high their things are. And it makes it so hard for individuals to get their, uh, you know, their medications and things that they need, you know. Um, So it says that. in 2016, 92,000 children entered the foster care system in drug-related cases, reports AP, you know, AP is reporting this, citing data from the Department of Health and Human Services. That is a 32% jump, Terry and my listeners, since 2012, and accounts for a third of total foster care entries in 2016. Now, it says the bottom line, the opioid crisis is taking a toll on children. The breadth of the impact ranges from newborn babies who inherit addictions from their mothers to teens placed in foster care away from parents incapacitated by drug use. Now, Terry, what do you think about what I just read and what are your thoughts or suggestions for what can be done about the crisis involving once again, and you know I'm a huge advocate for our precious children, our future. You know, what do you think, Terry? Well, it, it has to come from the top. I mean, the pharmaceutical companies have such a stranglehold on the United States, it's hard to change anything. Um, but I know where I'm from, doctors have been prosecuted for overprescribing pain medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to see more of that. That's the U.S. Department of Justice. They need to step up their game on pros- prosecuting doctors who overprescribe. This is a tough area, though. I mean, it, it, it's. I know a lot of. I hear a lot of uh, different segments of society that that it's nothing for them to walk into a doctor's office and get a prescription for um, Xanax or P- Vicodin or Percocet. It it. It just, and there are some doctors, though, that peddle it. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what the, uh, this is going to be a hard one, Teresa. Yeah, I just, you know, it's like, you know, just, you know, the children, you know, there's already, as you and I have discussed, so many issues that are involving, 
you know, with our children. And and thank you for your comment. You know, I really, uh, I you know, I appreciate it, and I agree. It has to come from top down. I mean, the pharmaceuticals are are. It, it's a combo of thing. You know, the government needs to be more involved in doing their due, dil- due diligence. The pharmaceuticals need to be regulated and, and, and the things of that nature. And parents need to be doing their thing as being parents. Okay. If you don't feel you could be a parent, do, don't, you know, I mean, stop harming the children, you know, and, or don't go out here and have children when you know you're on drugs and things like that. I mean, it's just, it's just so sad, Terry. You know, to me, it just really, really breaks my heart. It, it really does. You know, when I see that, you know, our children and, and then couple, let me mention, you know, with the, the, the continuum of the, of the failing of our education system. I mean, it's just, ah, uh, maybe I should run for president, Terry. Would you be my vice president? <laughs> I would certainly <laughs> be your campaign manager, but maybe, maybe the issue is, Teresa, um, that pharmaceutical companies, maybe we should be limiting the lobbying in Washington on behalf of pharmaceutical companies, Mm -hmm. um, oil companies, military equipment manufacturers. I mean, maybe the lobbying is is where that's the place to start because they're so Mm -hmm. protected in Washington. All of these, all of these industries are so protected. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And that and and I, I totally agree. You know, I, I said on my show, uh, one of my previous shows that um, that individuals, you know, a lot of individuals, I'm not saying that all of them, but a lot of individuals, you know, get, you know, become in, you know, a politician for varying reasons. And one of the reasons I feel, in my opinion, uh, Terry and my listeners, is that they can gain monetary a lot of monetary value from being in, uh, you know, uh, in the government system. You know what I'm saying, Terry? Yeah, I wouldn't wish it on. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. But you know, while we, we were sitting here, I just remember when I was a child. I remember back uh-huh. in the '60s, the Surgeon General said smoking was good for you. Remember mm-hmm. when big tobacco mm-hmm. had, uh, mm-hmm. had influence on Washington that even the Surgeon General said smoking is good for you. I remember going to see my pediatrician and he smoked in the office. And then you know, Terry, child. exactly. And then Terry, you know, I can, I would also like to throw in, um, because you and I are, are, you know, along the same line here, cool cigarettes. They were saying it was an act because, you know, I've always, even as a child, been very interested in um, companies and their their slogans and all that, and and there was this little penguin, and he would say, you know, if you have a cold, smoke cool, yeah. cool yeah. cool cigarettes. I'm like, what? <laughs> if well, you have I a cold, say this, but I think it takes a legal profession to go after an industry because you know the legal profession attacks big tobacco. They attack their marketing because they market it to children and they market it to minorities. Alcohol mm-hmm. does the same thing, actually. Um, yeah. They put a lot of their advertisement in the lower uh, economic class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. the lawyers went after them and finally, you know, abolished the marketing to children. I think. Remember the camel, the cute little camel? Yeah. Camel yeah, cigarettes. The camel cigarettes. Yeah. Um, so that's yeah. It's going to take a movement to, to stop the uh, pharmaceutical industry. It will take a movement. Yeah, I don't know. Do the American people are there? I mean, do people 
are people going to gather together for a movement anymore? That's the that's the question. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, yes, you know, Terry, you know, I'm sorry not to interrupt you, but remember um, after Trump got in the office and he had all these women, you know, fall in on Washington and stuff. Where? Do, hello, where are you? Where did they go? You know, and it was said it was said then, you know, we hope this isn't a one time thing. And uh, sure enough, it's been a one time thing because, you know, uh, I haven't seen you or heard anything from you Um you know, I do know that the media gets to, you know, dissect what they want to report and so forth and so on. But there are news outlets out there that if you were being, you know, a, a prevalent group, you know, we would have heard, you know, like Credo Action that I just talked about. They're very, very uh, prominent on the on the um, um, Internet, uh, you know, in particular, you know. OK, now, Terry, let's move on to our discussion about all of these uh, sexual allegations. And I want to start out by saying that, um, as I have stated, you know, that James Brown sang that song, it's a man's, 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 man's world, uh, but it would be nothing without a woman or a girl. Do you see in light, or do you think in light, um, of, of all of these um, sexual allegations that are now coming to light, that there is now being a shift in power, you know, because men have been on top for like eons, can we say? And you, you know, we do outnumber men. So uh, do you, do you think that there's now being a shift in power um, uh, here in, let's talk about just this country here in this country. Um, Since the sexual harassment scandal in Hollywood. Yeah, you know, with the sexual harassment yes. scandals in, in Hollywood. I, think, I don't know if it's shift of power, but sexual harassment, we all know, it's been going on in Hollywood for a hundred years. A hundred mm-hmm. years. This, mm-hmm. It's almost embarrassing it took women this long to come out of the closet and say I was sexually harassed, I was sexually assaulted. Um, and I applaud the effort better late than never. So this mm-hmm. was a long time coming. It's it's a man's man's world. You know, we had women's lib in the 60s and nobody came out of the closet out of Hollywood on this in the 60s. So it's 50 years. It took mm-hmm. 50 years past women's lib uh, movement to come forth and say, you know, I'm being sexually harassed or assaulted. Um, I do have misgivings, though, about some of these claims. Yes, yes. We're, we're going to talk about that after you. Um, you, are you are you done with what you what you want to say? Because that yeah. was going to be fine. Okay. Now here 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 here's what I here's what I'm saying. Because you know you and I um, have you know have you know recently discussed um, you know that you know that we we you know we discussed that <clears throat> excuse me that um, that there that there is untruth that lies and can't possibly lie within these allegations, you know, stemming from some of these women. You know, now, this is a question that I did pose to my guest, Reginald C. Campbell, in a previous show. Now, now I'm asking you, do you believe that there are lies from women regarding the alleged sexual assault cases? And just why would a person do that, Terry? As this can definitely ruin a person's livelihood and life in general, just to get their 15 minutes of fame and maybe a little cut of the monetary pie. Well, that's certainly incentive 
for someone to embellish. Um, and that's what I think on these sexual harassment claims. My, you know, for somebody that's a sexual predator, which I think we can all agree now that Matt Lauer is a sexual predator. There's been numerous women come out. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, he was using his position of power and he was, you know, the button under his desk and things like that. He, he, I think he, we can safely say he qualifies for a predator. However, there's another one. Um, I think his name is Matt. If I don't misquote his name, Masterson, or maybe that's, I don't know what his first name is, but he was on the show with Ashton Kutcher. And he lost Uh his job on that show because of one woman's allegation that he, you know, it wasn't a sexual, it wasn't a rape, but it was sexual misconduct of some kind. But it was like when he was 18 or 20 years old, and he's now, this is now 18 or 20 years later. And I think. Mm -hmm. I would have, a, I have a hard time with that. If people judge me on what I did when I was um, 20 years old today, I'm not the same person. You know, yeah. I hate to, you know, <clears throat> we all do stupid things when we're 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So I think women coming out 20 years later and it's an isolated incident and uh, holding someone accountable 20 years after the fact, and it's not a sexual assault or a rape, something like that, is it's pushing it too far, and I'm afraid of a backlash here. You know, well, it's a great thing when you're calling out the predators, but when everybody's coming out of the woodwork, they may have, you know, a economic incentive, or they may want some publicity, and it's an isolated incident. I think the, I think the studios may be overreacting. Yeah. Well, see, this is this is what I had uh, a discussion. You know, with my, my husband and my sister and some other, you know, uh, you know, friends. And I was just saying some of the same thing that you were saying, Terry, because I'm, and as I said this before, if this, uh, you know, if, if any women listening to me, um, <clears throat> have been sexually harassed, you know, assaulted, then definitely, you definitely need to have that wrong righted to the best of his, you know, ability. However, you know, my guest and I are talking about that this is, it's just so much. It's just so much of it, Terry. I'm like, okay, are we going to have any men left standing, you know, that that's reporting the news and, <clears throat> and you know, and things like that? You know, I mean, because I, I do agree with, with, um, um, you know, uh, what, what you're saying, uh, my, my, um, my engineer, I uh, just said, is is uh, Danny Masterson. Yeah, and oh, um, <clears throat> yeah, and and it. I mean, it's. I mean, and then just recently, Terry. Okay, as I said, you know, we're sitting. You know, my husband and I are sitting there having a late dinner last night, and here here we are. You know, it comes across that Tavi Smiley, Tavis Smiley, who has a talk show on PBS, is now on the list of alleged sexual assault men doing oh, harm to no. women. Yes, Terry, I'm telling you, it seems like this this was the consensus of the television radio industry and the memo was sent out and so many men joined up saying, okay, this is how you disrespect women. You know, I mean, this because this is going back years, you know, and up to the present time, you know, and it's like, and so Tavis Smiley is saying he, 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 is, he is in denying this. He said he did not do this. And he's going to fight this, you know. So, you know, because my thing is that I'm just going to be straight out, Terry, and say, you know, because people will lie. 
And I and well, it's just what you're saying. They're telling the truth, some of them, Teresa. Yeah. Okay, first of all, we start with the premise. I don't know a woman. I don't know a woman in my many years of life that has not been the victim of a sexual misconduct or harassment. I don't know one. Is, Sometimes I, I don't either. You. Okay. I don't. I don't so either. We. I, I don't know. That, yeah. Bring up what happened to us when we were 20 years old. I mean, I guess we could, but. If we overwhelm as a society, we, we listen to every single claim there is, it's going to dilute and, you know, it's going to defer the attention from the predators. And we need to focus mm-hmm. on the predators, the people who use a position of power, and they're, they're serial predators. I mean, they're doing mm-hmm. it over and over and over again. It's their way of life, like mm-hmm. Bill Cosby or... Matt Lauer or Harvey Weinstein. This is how mm-hmm. they, this is their life. As yeah. opposed to somebody like Danny Masterson. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a big Tavis Smiley fan, so I hope this certainly doesn't. Um, I'm, like, I'm afraid that we're going to lose <clears throat> and, the predators with all the, the instances coming out, isolated instances and, you know, going back 20, 30 years. I just, this is overwhelming. I'm like, I'm like, you know, because here, but see here, but see, here's the thing that I do understand also, Terry, the concept of, you know, there, there's a secret, you know, I, you know, like, shh, I got the secret. This was done to me. It was horrendous and I'm not going to say anything about it. But if you're, let's just say you're in a room, you're having a, a group talk, you know, bunch of women. And then uh, one, you know, we're we're talking about things, and then one woman starts pointing out that she was sexually assaulted, and then the woman next to her, you know, she says, "Yeah, well, you know, I was sexually assaulted too." See, the, the what I'm what I'm getting at, Terry and my listeners, is that maybe it's strength in numbers. It's like, okay, I I've been holding this secret within myself, Terry, and now I can let it out that you know, uh, my boss, uh, Joan John Jones you know, did this terrible thing to me. And, um, you know, now I want, you know, now I want it to be told and, and I want some recognition from it and I want some rectification from it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But well, I told you, totally agree with you. deal with it in counseling and not do it in a press release and gain attention and possibly, you know, for, um, economic gain. Yeah, There's but see, this is, it out if you want to do it therapeutically. Exactly. See, and this is what I'm saying. I also, you know, had discussions with, you know, with people that I agree with you, Terry, that this is going to be a backlash because it's just like, you know, like, wow. Okay. So, um, you know, uh, segueing into my next thing I was going to say, in light of all of the firing of individuals, Terry, from their positions, once they have been found that there is substantial evidence, which by the way, they said they had substantial evidence evidence against uh, Tavis Smiley. Can you believe? Oh. I, I just I can't believe that. I, I'm because um, I didn't hear that last night. Yeah, yeah, and I I saw it this morning uh, as well. You know, uh, he's very upset. I can see that. You know, from you know from the camera interview. Uh, but anyway, um, you know that they that there is substantial evidence that they committed the crime of of you know. Uh, you know, of, of this, of this sexual, you know, they committed this sexual crime. Now, during the conversations that were held with Billy Bush on the bus with Trump, 
And to my knowledge, Billy Bush is still looking to resurrect himself in the television industry as he has now started kind of, you know, putting his toe out there yeah. and, and being interviewed and, and get back on television while Trump sits in the White House. You know, so the thing is, is that all of these people, powerful people, um, you know, for example, we won't even talk about, you know, from the from the brink of all of this, what this has funneled down to all the way to households. We won't even get into that. But just let's stick with the powerful men that this is now coming all out about. Why is it that Trump feels that he is alienated or, you know, that he can't that he should not be held accountable, that there that all of these women, Terry, as well, has been, as you know, said, given their accounts of, you know, sexual assault, harassment, and things from him? Well, first of all, sexual harassment is not a crime. Sexual assault is a crime. But mm-hmm. uh, commenting on Billy Bush, he has an economic agenda, so I don't have any respect for Billy Bush. I mean, do mm-hmm. it as an, you know, come out as an activist, start an organization to educate people on, especially men, on sexual harassment, even women on blowing the whistle on sexual harass, uh, harassers, but he's looking for his 15 minutes of fame. And as far mm-hmm. as Donald Trump, President Trump, all this came out before he was elected and he was elected, so I think we're sort of stuck with it. Um, and it's up to the women if they want to press charges. There's statute of limitations issues, but you know, basically it's up to these women whether they want to go through the process of it or not. As far yeah. as President Trump, I think the ship has sailed on him because he was elected. And the women are not pressing charges. As far as Hollywood, although I'm worried about the overwhelming amount of attention being paid to yes. people that are yes. isolated incidents, I bet mm-hmm. the men are shaking in their shoes before they think mm-hmm. they're going to be sexual predators or sexually harass or, uh, you know, sexually assault someone. There's a big deterrence effect that's happened here. Now, the only mm-hmm. thing I'm sort of disappointed in, we all know that Corey Feldman and how yeah. he's come out without naming names of all the pedophiles. I want to see the pedophiles name next. There's a ring of pedophiles in Hollywood, and now the women have come out, and they've identified the predators as far as sexual harassment and uh, assault of women. Assault. It's mm-hmm. time that everyone who is a child star it's time for them to be able to disclose who the pedophiles are in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm waiting for. But, you know, as far as the studios firing people that, you know, an isolated incident when they were 20 years old or, or even more than one incident that's not a, of a predatory nature. And when I say mm-hmm. for I mean somebody in a position of power. They use their position of power in an attempt to obtain sex. Mm-hmm. Or they or they force themselves on someone. That's a big difference than somebody groping someone at a party. Yeah, yeah. And see, but that see, this is what I'm saying, um, Terry. You know, I understand what the women are saying. You know, and and I do know that you know harassment is you know is different than than assault. But and and then my other thing, Terry, is that with all of this, it's taken away from what needs what really. Not saying out there, ladies, that this is not important. So don't, you know, don't think, oh, she doesn't think this is important. No, it's very important. However, it is so much of it 
Terry and my listeners, that it's taken away from what we really, really, you know, need to be paying attention to what's what's, you know, really happening in and to this country. You understand what I'm saying? It's just I'm like when they had the Tavis Smiley came up last night, I'm like almost threw my fork across the room. I'm like, really? I mean, is there is there anyone left? Very upsetting to me, too, because Tavis Smiley. He does a lot for the community, you know. He brings out a lot of issues. I mean, is the there anyone? I mean, it's a whole. Oh my God! I and swear. I think it's men. I think it became. I don't know. I think we've all been the victim of sexual harassment or sexual misconduct. Every single woman, probably past the age of twenty-one, maybe younger, mm-hmm. sixteen and older, mm-hmm. and it was. It's been common. It's not like this is an uncommon um, pattern of behavior. Behavior. It's common. Unfortunately, yeah. Unfortunately, it, it, it seems to be the norm. And this is what I was saying earlier. You know, there was a memo sent out and everybody, oh, okay, now that I have this, okay, this is how I do. This is how I treat a woman, you know, because I can just get away with it. Okay, put my name in there. I, you know, I'm joining on to the ranks of that. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it's been the norm ever since they set foot from the, on the May, from the Mayflower, in my opinion. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Now, I would like to hear your take on this, Terry. This is involving Senator Kirsten uh, Gillenbrand, and I'm sure that you and my listeners out there have heard about the tweet that Donald Trump said about uh, this senator. Basically, she was asking him for money for her, her, her for her campaign and that she would do anything for it. Now, USA Today published a response, and I'm sure a lot of you out there heard it, but I'm going to read it again. And um, it states in part the following. Uh, USA Today's editorial pulls no punches in criticizing President Trump's character, Terry. A president who would all but call Senator Kirsten Gillibrand a whore is not fit to clean the toilets in the Barack Obama Presidential Library or to shine the shoes of George W. Bush, the editorial says. It says Trump's first year as president has been marked as an utter lack of morality, ethics, and simple Humanity. What do you think about that, Terry? Well, he's not a diplomat. He's definitely not. He's not diplomatic. Um, I can't even speak when it comes to President Trump. Really, we we all talk about it. Even the Republicans are speechless. This conversation yes. came up at a, a meeting I was in last week. Nobody knows what to say. Not that he has not done some good as a president, but his lack of boundaries and filters. He has no filters. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is, um, I don't know that this is completely uncommon in wealthy captains of industry men. Um, it's just like Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Everybody pretty well did what he said, and I'm sure the man was pretty vulgar. You know, mm-hmm. I read some of the accounts. You know, he stripped off naked and things like that. I, I just think it's a sickness in society, including President Trump, who has been raised with similar values. But I don't yes. think it's unusual. Yeah, and this is this what is I'm saying, unusual. Terry. He's just he's no just out there with no filters in the public, but 
don't think the rest of these male politicians aren't doing it behind the See, my you thing, know, my they, thing, I yeah. Think they're probably acting just as vulgar, but <coughs> it, they're not doing it out in streets or in open. Mm-hmm. See, my my thing, my thing is is this, Terry, and my listeners, that this is, you know, things that's done in the dark, you know, will come out in the light. I feel that this is a time in our in our society, and it may seem, you know, um, uh, you know, that we're being bombarded with it, as I have, you know, alluded to that. I didn't use that word bombarded, but I am now. You know, with all of the uh, sexual assault and harassment cases, I feel. Um, you know, Terry and my listeners, that this is something that needed to be talked about right now, you know, because we need to evolve from this. Because as I have said before to my listeners from a spiritual point of view, the earth is a big, round, beautiful ball of learning. And we are to learn what it is that we need to learn that will continuously elevate our consciousness. Okay. We're supposed Agreed. to be, we're supposed Agreed. to be. Yes, we're supposed to be better than our parents. And uh, then you have children. Your children are supposed to be um, better than, than you. You know, I'm just gleaming, you know, um, you know, I have two sons, but I want to talk about um, my, my oldest son right now and um, how, how fabulous he's doing and, and the things that he's doing that, that, you know, when I was on earth for that long, I, I was doing great things. But, you know, he's, he stepped it up a few notches. I'm like, that's, that's cool in his game. And so he, his wife and I are behind these children that they have, these beautiful children that they produce so they can be even better. And this is what we're supposed to be doing. Not all of this craziness, hatefulness, racism, and all of that. I mean, you know, we're, we're still in the same spot that we have been in, you know, 50, 60 years ago. You know, man continuously, and when I say man, I'm saying the human race continuously want to not learn. They want to be stuck in doing and bathing in the, you know, salacious attitudes, the nastiness, the racism. They they like that. However, there are people, you know, such as myself, such as Terry, because that's why I, I as I told you before, when I find someone that I feel is what I said, uh, you know, in the introduction of Terry, I hold on to him for dear life because it's not, it's not, you know, it's it's a lot of good people in this world, but when you run across one, Jesus said that when you find one good friend, that's it. <laughs> okay. So, you know, and I'm a believer of, I'm a believer of that, you know, because this is a person that I can ask Terry, you know, can you be on my show? Boom. Yeah. I, she's never said no to me about anything. And I would never say no to her about, you know, about anything either. So, you know, I'm just saying that we as a uh, human race need to get off of our butts and stop being uh, so, you know, with all of this other stuff because we're not getting anywhere. We aren't learning anything. We aren't doing anything. Our world is falling to pieces around us. We're not going to be able to breathe if we don't get a hold of all of this stuff that these companies are being allowed to spew into the air, you know, via the, the we deregulation. Allow them to do that. We allow them to do that. I think as a as a society, as a we have to let's talk about the sexual uh misconduct. So mm-hmm. when that song comes on calling a woman a whore, we turn it off. When that mm-hmm. movie comes on sexualizing women as a sex object, we gotta turn it off. 
Mm-hmm. When the book comes out, when the magazine comes out, we don't buy it. We have and- America has to redefine their values by not purchasing all of this. You know, we have a whole industry of porn. I mean, we mm-hmm. have to shut all this off: violence, sexual exploitation in movies, books. And you know, I'm not a I'm not a Bible thumper, but I'm spiritual. But if you invite all that into your home. You're not sending, you're sending your kids mixed messages. Well, you know, one thing, and I have said this, um, on my, um, other show that I also aired on talkzone.com, put it all on the table through mediation, which by the way, you can go and pull up those shows. They are archived as well. However, you know, uh, one of the things that, um, that was very spiritually related to me as I was studying computers is GIGO, G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out. That's so that's it. very that's very relational to what you're saying. How are you going to say don't do this? But you know we got all of this other craziness, just as what you described, Terry, in our society. And they're saying that you want society to be better. It's just like I I get you know um um you know um um angry when you know the parents go oh my child is being um you know bullied on social media. Then this is what you do: turn that shit off. You don't That's allow right. your child to deal with, um, you know, being on social media, you know, and then you go to the school and you be a demanding parent and you let them know that we need to have a conversation with this this child's uh, the, the other child's parents sit down and talk about this thing, you know, with the principal or whatever, you know, that this is not going to be allowed. This is zero tolerance. And that's the other thing. I don't understand why there is. I, you know, I, you don't know, have a bullying program, but I'm just saying it's zero tolerance, tolerance, my bullying program. So if any of you out there that are teachers or whatever listening to me and you want to know about it, uh, <laughs> you can go on my website, send me a note, and I'll be more than happy to to uh, have a conversation with you. But like you're saying, Terry, if there was you didn't say zero tolerance, but I'm saying zero tolerance to all of this crap, then wouldn't it wouldn't be all of this. You know, it's real simple, you guys. It isn't anything that we need to go and you know and 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 ponder over for hours and hours and spend a lot of of the taxpayers' monies doing research. It's very simple, Terry. You know, and you were saying that you're not a Bible thumper. I understand. You know, I understand that, but very spiritual. So I, you know, that's why I love you because I am as well. And it's very simplistic. You know, we all were born with something called common sense, but we choose not to use it. So, therefore, that's why I say something I learned from my spiritual mother, who is no longer uh, with me, Mama Eleanor. She said that if common sense was common, dot, 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 we wouldn't have all of this crime. We wouldn't have all of this. We wouldn't have. I mean, you know, I could go on about that. That's a whole nother program, Terry. Okay. Okay, Terry, let's talk about. Um, you know, cause I'm, I'm running out of uh, time here. And I, you know, I want to talk about, um, the tragedies that are associated with the hurricane that hit, uh, the Virgin Islands, uh, this fall. And since you are a resident of the island, and I thought, you know, you could talk to my listeners and tell them, you know, briefly, you know, what has been done so far to restore the island's infrastructure, you know, like rebuilding of the homes and businesses. And, you know, how many of the island's inhabitants still remain there, you know, in the wake of the devastation and, you know, how many of them have decided to move on to live elsewhere. And, you know, and are you yourself going to um, 
uh, you know, my listeners would maybe want to know if you or yourself are going to stay there, you know, because I do know that you travel back and back and forth. So would you share some of that with us? Certainly. Um, on September 6th, Hurricane Irma, uh, and I'm going to say Category 5, but the strongest hurricane in the hit recorded history of the world hit St. Thomas and St. John. It hit other islands in the Caribbean, too, but it demolished. Uh, it, well, I was there for that. Um, in my house, it, it, it was 12 hours long of over 200-mile-an-hour winds. It was like a freight train going through your house for 12 hours. Gosh. When I opened the front door, there was nothing left. It was like an atomic bomb went off. The trees mm-hmm. were broken off almost at their roots or halfway down. There was no green, no grass, no leaves, no nothing. It it knocked out the complete infrastructure of the island. It hit the hospitals, the bank, the power, the telephone, the Internet. Um, it knocked out... 50% of the grocery stores, so there were no groceries. So by the time, um, in the Virgin Islands, there's no, you know, water system. You touch water off the roof and, 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 and sit. there's no water system. You have cisterns under the house. So with no power, mm-hmm. you had no access to water. Um, initially after it, it, for the first month, um, because the banks were hit, you had no access to your money, very little access. Some of the ATMs mm-hmm. were filled, but they dropped everybody's withdrawal limits to $200. So you got $200 out a day. That's if you could find money in an ATM to get $200 out. The gas lines were four hours long. The grocery lines were six hours long. There were riots in the grocery stores. It was it was really, really, really bad. Now, it's four months later, and there's probably 50% power. There's very hard work that's gone into this. 50% power now. Um, Good, but it's it's everybody has PTSD. I got out after a month, and I've been back several times. And even three spending three days there, getting back to the states, the stress is so palpable because just getting around is very difficult. Um, they're still, you know, they're not rebuilding possibly two of the grocery stores. A lot of the businesses will take their insurance money and leave. And there's been a lot mm-hmm. of people who. You know, even though, well, 11 days later, then Hurricane Maria came in, and FEMA had yet to bring in tarps to cover the roof. So Hurricane Maria probably lasted about six hours, but it seemed like to me wow. the were just as strong as Irma, and it brought a deluge of water and massive muddy flooding and destroying the roads because there was no vegetation to stop the, the water. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it totally annihilated. We were hit by two Category 5. So you hear about how bad Puerto Rico got hit, and they did. But St. Thomas and St. John is twice as bad. Mm-hmm. It's coming back, but it's going to take a while. The people who I think, the people who suffered the most, of course, are, as always, are the poor people. And then our first responders. They work 16 hours a day, six and seven days a week, and had to leave their family at home. A lot of those single mother police officers got their children on mercy flights to relatives in the state because can you imagine being out without power and water and you know if you have no power you can't you don't have a refrigerator to keep you can't yeah i can't imagine they haven't been with their children in four months you know Mm. so this is a really really i mean if there are any police officers out there or firemen out there listening you know send some cards to the police and the firemen in the virgin islands i've really when you know, try to focus a lot of my support on 
our first responders. Because, you know, they're mm-hmm. the ones who keep everything from anarchy. You know, mm-hmm. They're in the front lines through all of this. So, and they did a wonderful job. They really did. Yeah, the first so responders. It to be seen. It's going to take a while. It will take a while, but, um, you know, they don't have a hospital, just a bivouac from the Army. So it knocked out the hospital, too. It knocked out our post offices. We had no mail. We had no mail delivery probably for six weeks, and there's still a problem. You can't ship boxes out. And there's still a, a huge delay if you mail a letter out of the Virgin Islands. It might take three weeks to get to you in Arizona. Because it's wow. You put it in a post office, but um, it's not going out. And the problem, you know, part of it is the infrastructure, 300, two, between two and 300 containers of goods are coming in a day. And the port was only, it's only built to accommodate regular 25, 30 containers a day. So wow. Containers. The supplies have you know, having mm-hmm. a really hard time getting in. But wow. you know, keep praying keep praying for the Virgin Islands and please anybody any policeman out there and firemen, please send cars and let them know that, that people are thinking about them because they feel like they've been you know, lost. They've been they they've been forgotten, the yeah. Okay. And they feel yeah. forgotten. Yeah, I'm not it's trying to interrupt you but you know, I, I can you believe that the hour has gone already? And um, so I, you know, I would like to have you back on, um, Terry, so you know you can, you know, tell us, you know, uh, when you go back there, what's what's happening and and things of that nature. And uh, I certainly appreciate you being being my guest on on my show today, Terry. Um, Thank you, you know, for it's been a me. oh, absolutely, absolutely, anytime, fabulous conversation. I feel I want to give a shout out to Doug Jones for winning the race at Alabama. I want to uh, tell my listeners I will be returning on December 28th. I want to give a shout-out to my uh, engineer, Dave, who has been absolutely fantastic, kind, and helpful to me as I'm airing on TalkZone.com Internet Radio now for three years. I wish you all the best, my uh, listeners, for a fun-filled, good eating and gift-giving and safe Christmas holiday celebration. Be kind to yourself and others. This is Teresa E. Keeves. Have a great day. 